It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Well, hello there, Wealthpreneur. Welcome back to the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to build, grow, and protect minority wealth. And today we are actually presenting you with our podcast spotlight series. This is where we are highlighting other high-level and impactful podcasts and episodes that are in alignment with the Share the Wealth Show mission of building and growing minority wealth. So I really enjoyed this episode, and I know you will too. So enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Money Script Podcast. It's your host, Johans Harrison. So happy to be with each and every one of you once again. I am so excited. I have news, y'all. I have so much news. So first of all, we went on a nice, lovely uh, vacation with the whole team. We did our annual retreat. We were in North Carolina, Lake Wiley. It was absolutely gorgeous. It rained for three days straight. I mean, rain is gorgeous. It just it didn't help for our lake activities. What are you going to do? While I was there, though, when I got off the plane, actually, as soon as I got off the plane, touchdown in Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte Douglas. And I, you know, you turn your phone back on and alerts pop up. And the alert that popped up was we have 10,000 downloads of the Money Script podcast. So shout out to all of you. Thank you. And yes, it only counts when you download it once. For those of you, I know there's many of you who tell me, oh, I listen to this every morning. I'm confident you do. I'm not at the level where I get those readings yet. So keep telling a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And then I will be able to see how many times you've listened to uh, Alicia's money, man, uh, excuse me, money mantras, how many times you've listened to Bilal talk about Wagyu steaks, um, or, or how many times you listen to this episode. So we, I'll, I'll get that data soon. So next stop is, um, I guess, 50,000. Is that, is that I, I think that's appropriate. 10,000, 50,000, good exponential number. So uh, let's get there by the end of the year. Why not? 
So tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm very excited for our guest today. I have in the house with us uh, Kanasha. Make sure I said that right. Okay. Um, Kanasha Paul, she is the CEO and founder of the Black Professionals Network. We've been trying to get together for mm, at least all year. We've been trying to make it happen all year. I had to reschedule. She had to reschedule. It's it's like that sometimes. But guess what? We on today. We're on today. So thank you for joining me. Kanasha, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm so happy that it worked out, that we were able to finally, you know, have this conversation. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, before we get into the wonderful things happening at Black Professionals Network, today was one of those epic news days when you get your phone and you just get an alert after alert after alert. Actually, it's kind of been like that all week. Mm -hmm. Um, We had some decisions. The the Supreme Court promised it would give us decisions on several of their cases before June 30th. And it's June 30th. And guess what? They are actually on time. Um, some of them were finance related. Other than were, were more, um, what's, how do we want to describe it? Um, rewinding the clock. Is that the best way (laughs) going back in time? It would, there there was a time machine sort of essence to them. Um, so I want to talk about the, uh, say it again. Yeah. On a lot of social issues. Yeah. Some social issues. Yeah. But, but that's when we got in time machine. Like we're going to, we're gonna go backwards a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll talk a little bit about that later because I know that's going to, uh, really dive into to uh, Kanasha's work with the Black Professionals Network, and but I want to talk about the money related one first. Okay. So I know a lot of you were waiting to hear if the if if Biden's attempt to um, eliminate some student loan debt, ten thousand dollars for some individuals, up to twenty thousand for others who receive Pell grants, and if you remember, if you recall when the um, bill was passed uh, recently for the debt ceiling. They they put into law into that law that th- that the president would no longer have the power to suspend student loan payments. Uh, so we we talked about that briefly on a previous show. And the White House at that time they announced that they were prepared for the Supreme Court to also not rule in their favor. And uh, true to form, the Supreme Court did not rule in their favor. So. Uh, I, I don't know if the White House with the checks and balances, I got to go read up on my judicial stuff, but I don't know if they can appeal or try something else. Or I think that's it. Supreme Court, Supreme Law of the Land. I don't, yeah, I, I don't remember. History buffs, clean me up on Twitter. I'll Thank you. I'll, I'll do better. Get my <laughs> civic, do my civic duties and understand that. But uh, basically what I'm saying, it's not happening. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I was looking forward to it, too. My son was looking forward to it. My wife was looking forward to it. We were. Um, we, we, we wanted that, that forgiveness as well, but, uh, it's not going to happen. So prepare to pay your student loans at the end of August. (laughs) It's been fun, y'all. It's been real, not real fun, but it's been fun. So, um, so let me know what your comments are, your thoughts are on that. Um, I know that a lot of you are going to have to come up with some, alternatives. Unfortunately, interest rates have gone up at the same time. That's going to make it a little bit more difficult to refinance student loans. However, when you refinance, time is a factor as well. So if you can have a longer repayment period, um, it still could help the payment be a little bit lower within your budget. Mm-hmm. The uh, education department uh, has reported that they are still working on some other changes to the repayment plans for the IBR, the IDR, the repay as you earn. Um, you know, 
as I mentioned, I was on vacation, so I, I haven't read up on the latest on that, especially mm-hmm. being focused on, on these decisions that were made this week. So again, let me know what your questions are. If you're looking for resources, we have lots of them. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, um, the party's over out of time. So with that, let's get to you. Um, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I told you we're going to have a real conversation about this because I feel like I know what the Black Professionals Network is. And I feel like I've seen it. I feel like I've been to a function or something, but it would seem like it was so long ago, um, you know, kind of the whole pre-pandemic. So please just tell us a little bit more about what the organization is. And I'm going to try to connect the dots. Awesome. So, yeah, so the organization, I'm, I'm pretty sure people are familiar with the Black Professionals Network we, uh, in different capacities. I know that there's um, people have used the name um, to do similar kind of work, whether it's like to provide an opportunity for Black professionals to gather. But under the umbrella that I've created under our Black Professionals Network that's trademarked is that our organization is focused on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, our organization. I, uh, the, the money script. You see my TM. It's up there. <laughs> Yeah, they're both they're both trademark. Got them both. Okay, yeah. that M and the money script. Got them both. Okay, got awesome. letters in the mail. Let's go. Hey, you know you gotta do what you gotta I mean, do. If you want to, I mean, you you've seen the sign. Find out. Go ahead. <laughs> One through ten. Go ahead. Um, so the organization, our primary focus is creating. I would say the fancy way we say is called creating an ecosystem of legacy builders. And so, what does that look like for us? Is that we want our professionals to see that their career, their business, their industry are just tools to seed fund the legacy that they really are passionate about. And so we know the saying, your network is your net worth. And, net worth. and so we look at it is that we need to do both. Like I, when I started the organization, I knew the power of social capital. I knew the power of networking, but also understood that we also had information that we needed to know so that we can leverage those relationships to build our net worth. And so what I I would say in short, what BPN does for our community is that you get to grow your network, but then you also get the education to build your net worth. And then for us is we're on that pathway to really help our professionals on that journey to hit certain milestones. And actually some of the work that we're going to be launching soon in a couple I would say before the end of the year is about some of our new initiatives to really um, double down that messaging so that people can see what the North Star that we're trying to get our community towards and how that's going to help us unlock some doors and for us to kind of like not be distracted by a lot of what's happening right now and for us to kind of go back to like, uh, you know, um, building our communities like and focusing on like cooperative economics that I think that we can all strive for. So that leads us to the other Supreme Court decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still connecting the dots, though. So wait, actually, hold on. No, no. You're in South Florida, Miami, correct? So, yeah. So we're headquartered in Miami, but we have chapters in Chicago and Los Angeles now and with more chapters on the way. Those chapters were more recent. Yes. So, so I left Los yeah, I left Los Angeles in 2018. Yeah, we didn't bring in LA chapter until 2022. So LA is just they just celebrated their one year in April. So if it was the Black Professionals Network, the one that you founded that mm-hmm. I am aware of, then it would be through some of my connections in Miami. 
Yeah, so I think with Bilal, Bilal, he's been a speaker. Oh, it, oh, okay, it is. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I just happened to say his name at the top of the show. You see how that works? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you I, I figured it was like through Bilal. He's been a speaker. He's been our keynote speaker for a couple years. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm. So, I might. I might have. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and put Bilal out there because that's my dog. I mean, we 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 help each other out. I might have ghostwritten one of those presentations. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I, hey, I hey, yeah, I, mean, I love yeah. We, we all believe in team. That's our guiding principle in the organization. You know, together, each achieves more. There we go. There we go. All right. I'm glad I made the connection. So let's talk about the Supreme Court. Um, so the affirmative action ruling that came out, basically, it was a 5-4 ruling, if I remember correctly. I don't have the details up here, okay. but 5-4 ruling that um, that affirmative action that's being practiced at what was it unc tar unc i said charlotte unc chapel hill mm-hmm. i said tar hill close enough um and was it yale was yale the other one princeton harvard. oh harvard one, one of those i was close i was <laughs> that uh the their affirmative action practices are unconstitutional yeah I'm still trying to um I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. Yeah, so I think I haven't dived deep yet into reading kind of like the dissent because I know like right now right now what we're all digesting is a little bit of a headline. So we really want to I know for as the organization we really want to put a very helpful response to help people not only understand what that information uh, means for their lives whether it's from the from either perspective, life or legacy, as we'd like to focus on. Um, and then also to figure out, also to provide some context of if there's something you really are passionate about, or what are some call of actions that you can do to be able to make a difference in this? Um, because that's basically kind of like the culture that we try to create within the organization, that we want to be able to have the means, the resources, the connections to um, make a difference in the things that we deeply care about. Mm, indeed, agree. Could not agree with you more. So I, I want to talk about legacy. Um, and as you, you stated in your mission, um, of you said creating a network of legacy builders. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, how, how, do you, how do you define a legacy builder? So for us, a legacy builder is someone who aspires to create generational wealth or impact. Um, and, and that is defined on, you know, what they care about. And so for us, what we, we actually part of one of the initiatives we're working on is, you know, really to define what does legacy building mean to each of our individual members. So we know that legacy building, there is, Most people look at it from a generational impact, and we know that's part of it, but there's so many ways that you can create a legacy, and that's why we add impact as part of that definition as well. Some people want to create legacy in that they want to carry their last name um, and their family's last name um, to mean something when you think about, like, the Rothschilds or the Kennedys. Like, they want to have their names to be synonymous in that in that same context, right? And then you have others who want to have their legacy um, be reflected in the institutions that they leave behind, whether they want to be like 
the next McDonald's, the next Amazon, the next Tesla. Like they want to, like at the end of the day, these, the Kroger, he doesn't live um, no longer as the founder of that company, but McDonald's still lives on. And, and, and you think about, or the, um, the Whartons with the Walmart. So the, the company still long, lives on no matter that the founder is long, long gone. And so there's also people who want the things that they create to be part of that legacy. Like they want to leave great works of art, great, um, um, uh, great music, great books, um, whatever creations that they want to leave behind. And that is a way that they can create some impact and leave some their mark on the world. So for us, is when we say that we're creating a network of legacy builders, we're help, helping. I think for us, we're part of that is the social engineering that to help our profession remember that we now live in a, a time where we we live a lot longer than our previous ancestors. So we can dream more, and then we can also execute on that dream. And so there's a level of mindset shifting that we need to create for us to remember that. I love how you shared the generational wealth impact and the the idea that many of us have different ways in which we can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and not just from because there's, there's the business owner legacy, as you spoke of. So the, yeah. you know, the names on buildings, you know, I like to think about some of our leaders that are still alive today. So like the Williams, as in Pharrell Williams, mm -hmm. the Carters, as in the Sean Carters, yeah. or Lil Wayne Carter, um, <laughs> the Knowles. The Tyler Perry's. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, no, we, we are, we are building a substantial list. And, and one of the things that when it comes to legacy that we are really focused on in the, the, the month of July, well, always, but in the month of July, we're, we're just going really, really hard on this for the summer is we have a lot of business owners and individuals that don't know how to properly document their legacy. Uh, exactly. you mentioned that we are living longer. Yes, we are. But no matter the length of time that we spend, are we making sure that our affairs are in order so that if something happens timely or untimely, that the things that we work so hard to build and secure and legacy is protected? Because exactly. if you don't have the documents in order, it's not. I, I, I've One of the most fascinating things is when, for me, as a financial planner, is whenever I see a great name of an entertainer, an, an artist, whomever, and I see that it, their time has come and they have passed away, my first question is, did they at least get an estate plan done? Yeah. And I'm, it's, it's like six to one, no, they didn't. Exactly, because I think we have to, and I love that generational wealth has become like a, you know, you see it all over social media and I, and you see that people are really seeing that they're striving towards it. And I think the reason why um, I wanted us to incorporate that in our mission and vision was because, not because that it was trendy, but also realized that there was a, a learning opportunity because you realize that people, people are confusing or conflating lifestyle reaching a certain lifestyle income and legacy building and that's not the same 
So you can, in your life, um, reach, say, half a million dollar, whether it's salary or profits in a business. So yes, see, whether because I know a lot of tech people, um, to, especially in tech sales, who make half a million in a, in a career role. And then there's people who make more than half a million in profit. So after gross expenses, they're bringing in half a million. So yeah, you you're in your bank account is that half a million. But if you don't have a vision for how you want your life and legacy to operate, like what does that half a million really mean if you're always it's always being spent, that there's no paperwork that's protecting it, there's no succession planning, there is no estate planning. Um God forbid you are in, incapacitated and you can't work and you can't bring that half a million income um, coming in, whether through salary or your business. What are the things that you have in place so that money can still be make, be brought in so that way you're not feeling like you're, you always constantly have to be at labor? So I think that we really need to think when we talk about, for us, when I we're doubling down on that message legacy building, we're like, we want people to understand like, you, we have more say in taking control of this thing called our lives. And we also have more say in this thing that in this general generational impact and wealth that we're trying to create. And that requires us to be, you know, think big, be uncomfortable, but knowing that it's all doable. And get help. Yes. That's why you we are have. not alone. Get some help. Yeah, that's why we doubled down that we want you to grow your network and network because we know that it's tied. Like you like you don't need to do it by yourself. We have uh, financial advisors in our um, in our network. We have lawyers in our network. We have real estate individuals in your, our network. It's like no matter like what you need, whether it's from the professional side, your lifestyle side, or even your wealth strategy side, like having a network like Ours, like the goal was to create as cross industry network as possible because you never know who you need. And you and our guiding principle is together each achieves more for a reason. Each achieves more. I love it. Well, as you know, you, as a guest on the Money Script podcast, we like to ask a question to all of our guests. Mm-hmm. So, Kanasha, we, we we she got a little prep work for this. Kanasha, I want to give a shout out to you. She's one of the first ever. Now, I've all my guests, I love you, but I just want to tell all of you, she's one of the first. She copy and paste the questions from the email into the chat group, okay? As we're doing into the chat, letting me know that she is prepared. I'm not saying that anyone else was unprepared. She just let me know that she is prepared. Um, so I appreciate you for that. So, with no further ado, Kanasha, what is your first memory of money? So I want to say my first, when you were the, uh, presented the question, I wanted to probably write that it was like my first pivotal pivotal memory of money. And that was when I, by in high school, we had won um, this, um, this, um, this, this prize for us. So we did this, uh, I was a TV production major. So I was able to, we we had, so yeah, so we had done um, this PSA um, and we had entered it into the contest and we had won a cash prize and we were able to split the proceeds. So I remember getting, it was like my first cash prize award and we got a physical award, but that was like, oh, so my, my family was like, hey, you now you have to, you know, deposit it in a, 
and a bank account. And I was like, wow, I don't have a bank account. So that was like, <laughs> so I was like, so that was like our first memories. Like I got my, so my first, um, I guess like my first investment into my own bank account was because through my own creativity, working with a group, working on this video production project, working on this PSA. And then it was, I think it was like, I want to say it was like maybe what less than five hundred dollars, whatever it was. But knowing that, oh, in, in my mind, it was like fifty thousand dollars the way you shared that story. I was like, damn, okay, <laughs> but this is a bank. Hey, you know what? Five hundred dollars is five hundred dollars. Hey, you're seventeen. You know, you're just I'm not, like I'm not. No, I am forty three. I'm not stepping over five hundred dollars. It's just hey, lying on the ground. No, I'm, I'm dollar, it up. <laughs> and so that was like my first memory of money. And I think the reason why it was so pivotal. Because I instantly realized that I did not know how I was going to spend it. I didn't have no concept outside of that I received it. What, what, what did that mean? Right? I was like, hey, here's this money. Here's this debit card. You can decide, you can decide to do whatever. I, think I wasn't given no instructions and then got to college. And then it just like snowballed of like getting access to financial instruments without direction. And so that's no, what well, no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't, don't. We're all in suspense. So what did you spend the $500 on? You just skipped college. Time to rewind. <laughs> it's like, what did I, and you know, that's what's so crazy. I, I cannot recall like if I even made a monumental expense with it. I think it was uh, like, it ended up being coming. It was just like one of those like, you know, petty cash accounts. Like, oh, if I'm at the supermarket, like, okay, I got it. <laughs> so I'll swipe. And that's when I realized it's like, oh, okay. That's why I thought it was like a most pivotal time of money. Because I've gotten, of course, birth birthdays. I've gotten cash. And I'll get a $20 here. My godfather was really great. Like he was like, a, like the ultimate godfather was like, giving me money, sliding me money on across the table type thing. <laughs> so I so I've had my hands on money, but I think having to interact with like a financial institution and like that bank account was Bank of America and going to the branch and having to speak to the teller. Like I remember that memory so vividly because it was like I had to do all these steps and I, I think I knew instantly like I was entering a relationship with like a stranger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's a blind date and you wake up and you're like, are you going to reveal your face yet? I mean, are you here? Yeah. It, that was something that I was like, I wonder what other people's like first interactions with a financial institution was like, was a good experience. Did it leave them feeling like they knew what was next? And I think that's what was such a, a very pivotal uh, memory for me. That was beautiful, beautiful. So I'm curious, how does that memory play into your um, relationship that you have with money today? So I think it taught me that I moved a lot like that as far, especially like in my early years, not knowing the how money was a tool. And I treated money as like petty cash. As like, if I needed something, I spent it and I, and if, and, and like, and also like, I feel like my family kind of moved almost the same way as like, we didn't try to like overthink money. 
Um, we knew money could be scarce, but we also my dad, because I had like two philosophies that ran in the house. Like my mom was like, I'll spend it. My dad was like, I'll come back. And it's like, I think I moved it in that same like kind of mode. And, but realizing like, I guess as I got older that no, like money, money isn't, it's not a feeling. It's not a, it's not petty cash. It's a tool. Like on it, it's like, it is just a tool. Like if I, and I realized the clearer I wanted to be about something that I wanted, the more I could align the tool to work in my favor. And I realized like, it took a while to get to that um, awareness. Like I knew I had a vision for like what I wanted to contribute to like with the org, like creating BPN. But when doing that work, I ran straight to like, of like, okay, how do we, cause a lot of questions that when you create work like this, you're looking at it from a, how do we really solve the needle for people in our community? Like what is that theory of change that we can implement that we're going to be able to see some kind of cause and effect. And as I'm doing the work, it's, it came full circle. Like for us, that's how we added the net worth conversation to our vision statement, mission statement is like how much money plays into how you design your rich life and how does it play into designing your legacy and like and how how important it is for us to be have a vision around that like like when they say like um a visionless a visionless people is a hopeless people it's just like that is key like and and that's what i think helped me really realize like oh, okay i really need a vision about what my money is supposed to do and hence why I can't remember what I spent on. Like, that's why I was like, mm, it's a good There it is. There it is. <laughs> no, say it again. Say it again. Slower for, slower for the people in the back. Because I was like, I didn't have a vision for that money. And so that's why it felt very fleeting. But if I had a vision for it, then I could tell you instantly like, oh, I needed this. And this is what I spent it on. And I'm pretty sure like some of what I spent it on was my also like college applications. Because oh, I think- sure. Oh. Yeah, but, but listen, Kanasha, let me tell you, Kanasha, I was in a similar situation. It's not my first memory of money, but the first time I had a substantial amount of money all at once. Yeah, my grandmother left a CD for me. She passed away. I the bank told me, "Come back when you're 18." 18 was two days. No, excuse me. 18 was two days after graduation, I think, something like that. That's the math, the math's a little fuzzy now, but I, the bottom line is I was parked outside a state employees credit union at 7:45, waiting for the doors to open. Because you were like, I mean, no my- vision, no vision at all. People ask what I spend the money on. I don't know. I I might have bought some books, but I also signed up for my Sally Mae loans the same year. Yeah, I didn't have to take on as much debt as I did. I didn't. I I could have paid some of it, but I had no vision. Exactly. I got to share one of the dumbest things I did. I've shared this story with many people. So I, I didn't, um, growing up, I, we, we didn't have a lot. We made do. I, we figured it out. I was working at a young age. So I, I began to make my own money, buy my own clothes, you know, buy my own cars, all those things, and chip out at home as well. I chip in, excuse me, at home as well. Uh, but when I got this lump sum, um, I decided it was finally time to buy the shoes that I've always wanted because I had to go to, 
rack room shoes. I couldn't go to Foot Locker and Foot Action unless it was my birthday. And still, I had to find the one that was on sale. I mean, I still got some fly kicks, don't get me wrong, but I never had the Jordans. I never had the Air Max. You know, I just, I got whatever was on sale. I had a lot of flights. Okay. Um, and so here I am with all this money. And what do I do? I go buy some Jordans. I go buy some Air Max. The problem was I bought them all in size 12, which at age 18 was the size that I wore. Not knowing that I was still growing. Yeah. And I spent all that money on shoes and outgrew them basically before school, before college started. I got to college like, why do these Jordans hurt my feet? Oh, because I'm a size 13 now. Okay. But I just, and I bought a, a, a too many pair of shoes. Like it was one of those. Yeah, and was buying them for the homies too. Like, you, you want a pair? You want a pair of shoes? You want a pair of shoes? Yeah, get a pair of shoes. Why not? Yeah. Bring it in all the sizes. Well, I hope you were able to resell them. No, the reselling wasn't as this was. I told my age girl this was 1998. <laughs> it wasn't. No, I had eBay. Oh, yeah. You want no eBay? I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, I did sell them, you know, to someone else on campus that wore size 12. Like, here you go. But it wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like these days. I mean, no, I just, I was frustrated. I just sold them to get rid of them. I was like, oh, you can have them for 60 hours. They don't fit my feet anymore. I've worn them. I wore them for two months. You know, I kept, I keep, I take good care of them. But uh, no, I, I don't even remember how much I got them. Who knows? I might've just got them for some pizza. I don't know. It, it was college. I was a freshman. I was dumb. I had no vision, had no view of how to manage this money that I had. And then just, you know, just swiped it away. Also signed up for a credit card. Cause why not? Yeah. You get a free t-shirt. Oh, okay, okay cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, Kanasha, thank you very, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I say that education is key, but I think to your point of saying like the, like not tying that to a vision, that's so important. Cause I knew a lot, like once I got into college and then went around other people who understood money, but I still realized like the missing piece was vision. So I actually love that you said that you focus on like money psychology, because that was kind of like a full circle moment that I realized like a lot of like, they're, they're going to be like a money therapy class. Like I think that would, that would tell people a little, a lot about what some of their pain points are in life. And like, like even probably like rooted in so much stuff. So Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and, you know, making sure that people are getting the education and then also getting a little bit more clarity about how they can navigate this work. And I would definitely love to see how, you know, BPN can support and amplify that as well, too. Having financial education is important, but without having that vision, it's just, you know, you need that missing, like that part is missing for a lot of people. So I was saying thank you so much for like, you know, you doing the work and making sure that other people understand not only how to be awareness about what the financial products and instruments that we can tap into, but how to like really understand that the, the theory therapy that needs to be behind that, like that money psychology, crafting that vision so that they can know that they can create a life and legacy that they want. And so like kudos to you for doing that work in any way that BPN can also help and amplify that. Just, you know, I'm, I'm here as a resource. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to respond to that. Thank you. Thank you so much for creating a space where we can be comfortable network to inc increase our net worth 
and creating that network of legacy builders. I uh, would like to learn more from you offline about uh, the chapter in Dallas. Mm -hmm. It exists well, already, right? Mm -hmm. Not yet, but you want to bring oh, it, oh, sure. Oh, oh, the, oh, oh, okay. So <laughs> did I hear you looking for someone to start a chapter in Dallas? That's what I think she said. I, I, I think we've been challenged. We wanted you here, and we, you know, we are, we, it's on our list. You want us to have a chapter in Dallas, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm here. So, you know, I mean, if you, I mean, you know, I know some, I know, I know a few black people. So, you know, they're professionals and they like to network. So, I mean, win, win, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, thank you again for spending some time on the money script podcast. Thank you to all the listeners and especially the customers. Thank you for 10,000 plus downloads. I, we're, I think we're almost at 11 already. I mean, that was like a week ago. So now I think we're at that point, that tipping point where it just starts to just grow and grow and grow. So thank you for telling a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to get some financial education. Oh, and really quick, I'm going to just start doing this until it changes. My soon to be alma mater, Morehouse University College, Morehouse College. I'm doing it again. See, I this is, what, this is what happens when you go to school as an adult. My soon to be alma mater, Morehouse College, you are forcing me as a senior to take a 100 level physical science class. And you're probably forcing a lot of other seniors and juniors to take that same level of class. Just for some reason, it's not matching up with what you have in your curriculum thus far. How about this Morehouse College? I challenge you. I think that personal financial literacy courses would be a lot more advantageous to your older students, the ones that have jobs and incomes, have children, are often married, often married and divorced, married and divorced with pensions and 401ks and IRAs and Roth IRAs that lack things like basic estate planning. I think a personal financial education, financial literacy course would be a lot more valuable in their curriculum. So I'm just saying, I know some people we can talk about but that's my PSA for today. Thank you for sticking around for that. You're going to hear it every single time until something changes. Kanasha, thank you for representing the Black Professionals Network as its founder and CEO. And I cannot wait to have a meeting in Dallas. Till next time, I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Money Script Podcast. Be sure to check out our other episodes, subscribe, follow, and give us five stars. Continue to send your financial questions on Twitter or Instagram at The Money Script. Go to MoneyScriptWealth.com and schedule your complimentary consultation to discuss your specific goals and concerns. Financial advisory and investment management services are offered by MoneyScript Wealth Management PLLC, a registered investment advisory firm registered in the state of Texas and California and other states where exempt. The MoneyScript LLC and the MoneyScript Wealth Management PLLC and guests of the episode may have interest in the investments mentioned today. The opinions and views are expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation for any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a significant loss of principal. The MoneyScript nor MoneyScript Wealth Management offer tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for specific advice about your situation. Until next time.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.